You're listening to the Corporate Expat Experience. I'm Nicole Caldwell, and I'm very excited to have the most lovely friend of mine, Sarah Aspinall, joining us today. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for inviting me on. It's exciting. I am. I can't wait for this conversation because we've talked about your corporate expat transition and your experience. And so I'm really excited for the listeners to learn more about you and learn more about your experience. So introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Sarah Aspinall and I'm the founder of Breaking Ballet, which is a unique online ballet fitness program. But prior to that, I was a lawyer in London, in the UK, for about 10 years. Um, so yeah, I've transitioned from being a lawyer into back to what was my original passion, which is ballet. And now I'm helping hundreds of busy women across the world prioritize their health and well-being using those short ballet-inspired workouts. And you're helping me too, because I yeah. love your program and <laughs> I'm a huge fan and thank a huge you. fan of you as well. So thank you for that. I love what you're doing. And I'm so happy that you were able to bring your passion to us because I know it's helping so many people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very rewarding. I have to say very, very different to my previous career. <laughs> let's say that. <laughs> let's talk about that. Great segue in. So let's mm. talk a bit about what you were doing before and what really sparked your desire to leave what you were doing. Yeah. So just take it back a step further, I think into my childhood, I'd been dancing since I was two and ballet was my real passion. It was, I was a very shy child. So it was what really helped me sort of come out of myself, express myself. Um, I got scholarship for ballet school when I was about 14, but at the time that wasn't considered the right career for an academic young girl by my parents. And I was very much encouraged away from the ballet and into the academic side of things. And I I'd had always been interested in law. I'd always watched all the courtroom cases and all of those, you know, those programs that we watched when we were younger. And that's where I went. I, I qualified. I did my law degree, law school, et cetera. And I um, was fortunate enough to get a job in one of the top law firms in London. And I was there for about 10 years. And I think um, I loved it. I loved it to begin with. I got to travel. Um, I was living in London. I had lots of money. I was, you know, I was living the life um, and enjoyed it up until a point where I think I was working very, very long hours. I was a litigator. I did quite a bit of libel work at the time as well. So it was unpredictable. So not only were they long hours, but I was getting to a point where I might be leaving the office 8 p.m. at night or maybe sometimes earlier if I was going to the theatre and then getting the phone call um, and, you know, having to stay for the rest of the night trying to get someone out of the newspaper for the next day. Um, and I think it just started to get a little bit intrusive into my life and what I wanted to achieve. But the catalyst, the, the day that I actually decided to leave was quite interesting. It was my 30th birthday. I'd gone to New York with my best friend and we were having a great time. And on my actual birthday, we got mugged at gunpoint in New York. And 
without going into too much detail, that was a real, you know, people talk about that near-death experience and your life flashes before your eyes. That happened. Um, the following day, we flew back to the UK um, and I was straight into the course of appeal, actually, the next day because I was working on this big case. And I remember walking home, you know, still quite traumatized by that event. And I got... Uh, attacked by a group of youths on my way home <laughs> to my flat. Um, and so I think those two incidents, you know, I had the day off the next day and I just sat and thought, what what am I actually doing? You know, life is so short. Am I doing something that is really fulfilling me or am I doing something that is fulfilling other people's desires to see me succeed? And don't get me wrong, you know, I met some wonderful people. I met my husband through my job. Um, I had fantastic experiences. I'm not sure I would change it. Uh, but it was at that point I thought, do you know what? What are the, That's when I started thinking, what are the things I'm really passionate about? What do I want for the rest of my life? How do I see my days panning out? And it certainly wasn't being chained to a desk, being at the beck and call of clients, um, in, in the way, you know, the nature of the job that I had at the time. And so that's when I decided, actually, I'm going to start looking into how I can access that dance world again, how I can move back. So yeah, that's when it happened. Your story gives me chills. <laughs> it's, it's on so many different levels. I mean, to go through an experience like that is huge and mm. to have those realizations and kind of that wake up call, like, life is short. Is this yeah. what I want to be doing in my life? And then to also reconnect with your passion. Mm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think we can get carried away. Can't we with life sometimes? And certainly, you know, my job, part of it was quite glamorous. I got to go to Cannes music festival. I met a lot of celebrities um, through my work and I think when I was younger, that was very attractive and exciting. And I couldn't necessarily tell anyone else who my clients were, obviously. Um, but it was exciting to me. And so it served a purpose when I was younger. But I think as I um, progressed, I was thinking, well, the next stages are going to mean, you know, that I have even less time. And I wanted a family and the idea of um, I would have had to have a full-time nanny and, you know, no judgment on people that do that at all. It just wasn't how I wanted to do it. Right. And so it was just trying to figure out, well, how, how do I extract myself from this and get back into something? How do I know that this is going to be the thing? What if, what if this is wrong? What if it's the wrong decision? What if I do that and it doesn't work out and I'm no good at it? And yeah, so it was tough. Yeah. How did you deal with those questions? I mean, cause those are some big questions and I think everyone kind of goes through that when you have this moment where you're like, this is not the life that I want to be living and mm -hmm. trying to figure out if this path is the right one. How did you deal with that? It's interesting. There was part of me that was very excited about it. There was part of me that's quite sad because obviously I'd spent years and years training to become a lawyer um, and I'd gone up the ranks and it was going really well. So I was like, you know, am I being an idiot leaving this career where I could be even more successful to do something that is, you know, there was no guarantees. 
So I started looking into it and I, th- I was thinking, right, well, and I, d- I had also looked at other options. I had looked, I've always been fascinated with mindset and psychology, and I had looked into doing criminology and working in that field. Um, so I had looked around, but it was, yeah, kept coming back to this passion with dance. And I figured out, okay, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it properly. So I need to requalify as a teacher. So I started looking into the different ways of doing that. Um, I went back to the Royal Academy of Dance. That was, you know, where I had trained and they had a program and it was a two year program. And I thought, well, okay, this looks manageable. Um, And I I also trained as a tap teacher and all sorts of things. But um, that's where I started. And I thought, okay, I'll start out getting the qualifications that moving forwards, I'm doing it with integrity. And I will teach children because I love children and I will see where that takes me. And I think at the time I'd got this dream of having my own dance school, of having this studio where there was a cafe and it was like a central hub where parents could come and do exercise classes and the children were in their dance classes. And it was just the place everyone wanted to be. Um, So that at the time was this sort of dream, I think. Um, And then... I, then I got pregnant so with my daughter and obviously I was then going to be having 12 months off and I thought right well this is the perfect time for me to do this course and I will n- never go back to law so at that point I signed up and I started and I remember you know my daughter being a tiny baby and me going to my tutorials and, and everyone else there was sort of 17 18 and I was there with a baby bottle feeding and trying to take notes and so it it certainly pushed me well outside my comfort zone but I didn't care I was so determined to do it that I just didn't care that I stood out like a sore thumb in front of all of these people um and and then fast forward you know it took me two years the training and at the end you do a, a five-day assessment and they made me wear a leotard. And by that point, I was five months pregnant with my son. So I'd had to just get over myself. Um, and yeah, I just kept going and kept going until I got that qualification. And then, of course, things sort of went off and on a slightly different tangent for me. But yes, they did. And just a quick question. Um, were you did you start the program while you were still practicing law or did you just make a clean cut over? Yeah, I did. I did. I started it. And um, there was a lot of theory involved to begin with. So I figured out, okay, well, the actual in-person sessions, the days where I had to go there, um, by the time I had to do that, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be on maternity leave or I would have had my daughter already. So I'd figured out this is a good time to start it. Um, And I had, yeah, I'd got involved while I was still a lawyer. So in the evenings I was studying and yeah. So it can be done because I think that's a lot of people are resistant because they have these high pressure jobs or, Mm. you know, strenuous schedules, they have children or other obligations. And then they said, they think, can I take one more thing on? And, you know, I tell them it's a matter of, if you want something, you'll figure Mm. it out. Absolutely. And I suppose in fairness at the time I was pregnant, so I wasn't going out drinking and socializing as much. Uh, And that that gave me, you know, an excuse not to do that so that I did free up the time 
um, to be spending doing that studying uh, and at weekends, of course. So it it wasn't. And I, I just think we wait. We do waste an awful lot of time just do it you know I didn't watch television I didn't you know I didn't watch series on I mean Netflix probably didn't exist then but um I I wasn't doing any of that I was at work at home studying and but I I was I loved it I was enjoying it because it was a passion it didn't feel onerous to me exactly I think that makes all the difference Mm. having that passion or something that you can really dive into and have a strong reason why behind it makes all the difference Yeah. So as you mentioned, you had this idea of what you wanted to do and it transitioned, it transformed over time. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So as part of that five-day assessment that I mentioned, we were taught at the Royal Academy of Dance by a lovely Australian lady. And on one of the afternoons, she did a floor bar session. Um, And floor bar is something that a lot of dancers do when they're injured perhaps uh, they can't wait bare so they they work on the floor and it's just a wonderful way of moving anyway but we did that and it I'd never done it before and I couldn't do it because I was pregnant because you can't lie on your back when you're five months pregnant so I got to sit and watch and take notes and it was the best thing that ever happened because I got to you know make notes observe what was happening and the different bodies around the room and how it was working and how the teacher was doing it and that for me was I was like this is it it was that's when I thought I'm interested in the 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 movement side but the fitness that comes with the movement I'm interested in how you can move in order to make the body feel better strengthen the body so for me it wasn't movement for not for movement's sake but it wasn't just about the dance for me it was about the body and how we can improve the body as well so that kind of sparked it I think and then I as part of your training you have to teach you have to get your hours in and I had a mentor and I was doing that I was teaching children and I very much enjoyed that and during that process I said to the principal of the dance school that I was freelancing with I would love to teach an adult class I would love to do it and she was fantastic she said great set it up go for it I thought, oh God. So I did. And it was a great success. And the class was full from day one. It had a wait list. And I loved teaching adults. It's a very, very different experience to teaching children. I continue to teach children. Then I decided actually for the adults, I'm going to set up on my own. It just made more sense financially for me to do that. So I did and had like a local series of classes that I was running. I then got approached to do various other things, one of which was to um, work with some um, board divers. So um, they were building up to a national competition and they wanted someone to come in and help with various things, but leg alignment and all that kind of thing. So I coached them for a while. I then um, started teaching movement to people with Parkinson's disease Um, I co-taught that class with a colleague and so it started branching out and I was doing a lot more with adults and a lot more in terms of body conditioning and understanding how to strengthen the body and what movement can do for us with the mind as well so I was still teaching children love teaching children but the rest of it got so busy 
I eventually did leave that dance school um, and I stopped teaching children. Um, and then probably a couple of years ago, I picked that back up and I, I just have one children's class now. They're, they're teenagers. But um, so that's how it all changed and then back in 2017 I was getting a lot of inquiries from different parts of the country about my classes and that's then what prompted me to go online. Well that's what I was going to ask you because you were working with adults but different things and how did you niche down into what you're doing now? So so you started an online program and streaming is something that has definitely picked up momentum these days. Mm -hmm. But for you, it was, I mean, that was a, in 2017, that was a newer concept. It was. And I think, I I mean, looking back, I didn't have a clue what I was doing really. Um, I I put together a course. I was really excited about it uh, and I sold it. I don't know how, um, because I was clueless really. Now that I know what I know, looking back, I don't know how I did what I did. Um, but yeah, I put together a course, people bought the course, then they started saying to me, well, how else do we continue working with me with, yeah, with you? And that's when the membership came. And so that was kind of prompted by always searching for solutions for people. And, you know, what do people need? What do people want in this area? And then it just grew organically from there. And I think that's what's you know, for people that are listening, I don't think when you make the decision to jump away from your corporate career that you can necessarily have it all mapped out. Because I had one dream that completely changed into a, a, you know, a very different dream. And if I had hesitated and not done that because I didn't have that dream or I couldn't see where it was going, I just would have never have done it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you jump and you you just do it, you know, life takes you on a whole different path. Um, So true. So So what are some things that you wish you had known earlier as an entrepreneur? Because we all learn lessons, like you said, along the way and things evolve and they change. What are some things that you wish you had maybe done earlier? I wish I trusted more, I think, um, because I was always saying, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? Is this the right thing? And I I genuinely think if you trust and you are led with your heart and the passion that you have for something, it does work out. Um, I, I did have a business coach right at the outset before I went online. Um, I think at that stage, I, looking back now, wished I'd started to build relationships online more. I was very good at doing it, you know, in person in my local area. But I think online is a whole different ball game, as you know. Um, and I was a bit clueless. And I think now if I were to go back and do that again, I would be inside groups, getting to know people who are the right people to be associating with, who um, who can I follow that is you know inspirational to me looking for people that have done it before or something similar because of course we're all niche um and following their lead but trying to find your own way at the same time and I think building those relationships mm-hmm. earlier I would have done definitely I think that makes all the difference and it's something so many people overlook or don't even think about is mm-hmm. having those examples of success 
which is why I brought this podcast to life, Yeah, but also to have in your network people that you can go to, to talk to, whether it is hiring a coach or a mentor advisor Mm -hmm. or being part of a mastermind or just finding like-minded like we have. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's almost, um, is it harder? I don't know. Is it harder if you come out of a corporate career? Because having been a lawyer for 10 years, obviously I still had a ton more to learn, but I had done that for a long time. I knew what I was doing. Um, I was very secure in what I was doing and I understood it. I understood the way things worked. And then you go into the online world where you you feel like you should know or you ought to know because you're an intelligent human being and you know, why don't I know what I'm doing? And I think it's a little, well, I found it hard to ask for help because I was like, well, I should be able to figure this out myself. And it's just quicker if you ask for help and you get people that have been doing it for a while to, to give you that assistance. And so just accepting that you are a beginner and that that's okay. And to ask for help because you don't, you don't know, you might know a lot about business, but the online world itself is completely different. It is completely different. And that's why I liken it so much to moving from one country to another. Cause in a sense you are, you're moving to a whole new culture. Yep. The language is different. <laughs> the terms are different. The schedules are different. The people are different, everything. And it's, mm. it can be a little disorienting but at the same time, incredibly rewarding. So what are some things you love about being an entrepreneur? Oh, I I love not working for someone else. I really, really <laughs> love that. I was never very good at being told what to do. Um, I love the freedom that comes with it. And, you know, I, I don't say this lightly, you know, yes, it gives freedom. It is hard work. Right. Don't underestimate how hard it is being an entrepreneur and being your own boss I think you've got to be a certain type of person someone that you know is um really driven and able to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing I've never worked as hard as an entrepreneur um that you know when I was a lawyer yes I worked long hours but this is different I think partly because you're emotionally involved as well because it's your own business um yeah I, you know, that that's been hard, but I, I love the freedom. I love that I have been able to raise my children because I could wrap my work around their schedules. Obviously that got easier when they went to school, but I can still, I've always been present as a parent. If I had continued with my legal career, I would not have been present for my children. And again, that's no judgment on decisions that people make, but it wouldn't have sat well with me. And so I'm there for all the important things. I can schedule my work how I want to schedule it, Um, which, of course, means you can take holidays when you want to take them. It's a little bit harder to switch off. Um, (laughs) I will say that. (laughs) Yeah, but it, it is. It's that freedom. And it's when you see the impact that you're having on other people's lives, the changes that you're making, it's so rewarding, so much more rewarding than, you know, working for someone else and, and, and yeah, okay, clients won cases, but it, it wasn't necessarily personal for them. It was their business. So for me, actually impacting on people's health is very, very rewarding 
So yeah, those are the two main things I think. Is there anything that you miss about the corporate world or about being in law? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I miss the company because of course being an entrepreneur can be quite a lonely experience. Uh, I miss that banter in the office, just, you know, just, yeah, that banter and just having conversations with people about nothing in particular, but just that fun side of it. And of course you can create that for yourself as an entrepreneur, but I do miss that. Um, I don't necessarily miss the law as such, (laughs) Um, but it's, it's mainly the people. It's mainly the people. Yeah. And I think that as an entrepreneur, it is something that you just have to, if that's something you miss in particular, um, creating those experiences for yourself, like you said, yeah, you have to see exactly. But that's the thing. It's everything online is just that little bit harder. So if you are networking in person, those connections are much easier to make when you're trying to do it online, you've got to put a little bit more work into it. Um, I mean, you and I met and hit it off straight away and, but we, you know, we've had regular conversations in order to build our relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it, you just have to work that bit harder, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So parting advice to anyone who's thinking about doing this, who are thinking about leaving employee life and moving to entrepreneur world, what would you say to them? I would say, don't overthink it. Go with your gut instinct, your passion, and just ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, in my situation, the worst thing that's going to happen is this doesn't work. And I end up going back to law. That's not the word that's not that bad um and at least I would have known otherwise I would never have known and you know I can't remember who said that me this to me years ago is much better regret things um you know that you've done the things you haven't done like I I if I had if I'd never have done it and I'd have been thinking that whole time what if what if what if I don't want to be in that situation so yeah just go for it and trust Um, and what's the worst that could happen? I love that. Go for it and trust. And we're so glad that you did. I know personally, I am so happy that you (laughs) did because what you do is so inspiring and it makes a difference. I love your program. I love your membership. It is fantastic. So where can people find you, Sarah? Yeah. So my business is called Breaking Ballet. So it's breakingballet.com, my website and on Facebook and Instagram, I'm at Breaking Ballet as well. Be sure everyone to check out Breaking Ballet for ballet inspired movement, and you will absolutely love it and enjoy it. Thank you, Sarah, so much for joining today. I really appreciate you and you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Bye everyone. Thank you until the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support this podcast, please hit subscribe, leave a rating and review, share it with others or post about it on social media. For show notes, links to connect with guests and more, visit us at corporate-expat.com. And be sure to catch the next episode with more insights and inspiration to support your corporate expat experience. Bye for now.